0: The kids these days, what are they saying? I don't know. What are the kids saying these days? I don't know what they say. They just say (laughs) things. By the time I'm saying it, it's what old people say, so I never know.
1: The Social Psycho Confabulation. With Ben and Mr. A. All right, we're back in the studio.
0: Ready to discuss our first
1: topic. Yeah, so <laughs> we've already talked for 30, 45 minutes, uh, 56, but I, think. I was terribly bored, so. Ben mostly yarn. <laughs> all be that honest. off. Anyway, I want to talk about the youth facing America. The youth no, facing America. No, I want America. to talk about the, the, the epidemic facing some the youth Some face of
0: America. America, some face another way.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm a really good news anchor. Um, That's what we're doing.
0: This is news. Welcome back to PSNT.
1: Wait, P... S. News. CBS? I don't even know. network. Q-span nightly. I don't (laughs) know. Um, Okay. So I was thinking about uh, there's all these people who talk about this epidemic of anxiety and depression that's plaguing young people. uh, And then maybe they talk about how it's particularly affecting women or they talk about how it's particularly affecting men. I think there are definitely some issues uh, facing both men and women. Um, But in general, I think... Uh, I was thinking about that, and my thought is that the conversation gets a little mushy and gushy, ooey-gooey, kind of like, let's talk about our feelings, and we just need to have more positive mindsets, and blah, 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 and we need to get people off social media and uh, going out or whatever, and that's all fine. I think, though, maybe what's really going on is that we have an epidemic of dependence or a lack of independence. And I was thinking one thing that's really critical to people's well-being is their feeling of autonomy and capability in being able to provide for themselves and take care of themselves and their family and their loved ones. And I just feel like today, increasingly, there seems to be fewer and fewer paths to independence for young people uh meaning there's few jobs where you can seemingly afford to live on your own and have a house or an apartment or a place and afford your rent and afford your groceries and whatever else and yeah, I just it's kind of crazy to me uh especially because we give people public education, which is free, but the public education doesn't really get you anything. And so you have to pay money to go get the private education, the university degree that you need to go get a job. And so then you're hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And oftentimes people make really poor decisions in what they major in, and maybe they can't even get a job after they spent, you know, thousands of dollars to go get those degrees. And so I just feel like we're really setting young people up for failure. And then we're like, oh, they're so depressed. They're so, you know, not doing well. And it's like, well, what do you expect? They literally are completely dependent on this system that you've erected around them that completely does not serve them. And so I feel like instead of framing it around, oh, look at their mental health and whatnot, which is the symptom, I think we should really maybe think about framing it around the cause, which is maybe their lack of autonomy and independence. What are your thoughts?
0: Wow. Well, you've
1: kind of sort of loaded the question a little bit. Uh, I've loaded the question, yeah. So unload the gun. Or frame it. <laughs> De-escalate it, it, the situation. Def- yes,
0: yes. There's definitely a framing there. So you're talking about the, you know, the fact... That, well, that's okay. So the thing we're talking about is like the youth... I would say, to be honest, I think millennials, by the way, are are aging. So people say like the youth or like young people. And I feel like a lot of times they'll also interchange the term millennial is used and now we're talking about Gen Z or whatever. Millennials, I think, are definitely within this fold but it's also important to recognize I am a millennial, I think, and I am in my 30s. So really that group of people is becoming middle-aged and they're not Mm-hmm. excluded from this group of traumatized people. So I think Yeah, it's I think far we could reaching, say young adults. Yeah, young That's adults. That's what I'm thinking. Young and the youth. I think it inca- it's encompassing, and you know, even more terrifying actually as we continue to age is if this doesn't course correct, then we'll have a whole society from top to bottom of mentally disturbed, handicapped, handicap, whatever people uh it's a very brave new world, you know, like everyone's gonna need to take the soma beyond something to to make them feel okay,
1: which is part of I that. haven't read that book, could you most people haven't read it? it, I
0: haven't even read it, but there's it's a huge book though, but it's um and it's a little bit juxtaposed to like orwell's nineteen eighty four I think mm. Huxley, which is the Brave New World guy, was really uh, hyped on the whole uh, pharmaceutical approach. It was like a big component of it. But wasn't that in uh, 1984 mm. too? Wasn't there a pharmaceutical approach? Or am I thinking of another? Uh, maybe I'm thinking of The Giving Tree. Or uh, not The Giving Tree. The, uh, the Giver maybe? Anyway, I mean a lot of dystopian kind of outlooks are very much yeah. f- recognized that as we advance into the future and in other ways advance that this is getting worse and that that this is a problem. People are like disillusioned and now we have all these terms Mm -hmm. and diagnoses Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. The independence take, so that's the problem. What's the, you know, you, and you loaded the gun That's like a symptom. Right. With the independent, the idea that this could be like a lack of independence or lack of way into, lack of a pathway into independence or whatever. Regarding that specifically, the independence take, I kind of wonder if so. I'm totally allow for that. Like it could be. I'm willing to think about that. I think it could be thought about. I also think
1: yeah that there I may guess be. I should clarify. I don't think it's all that. I just think that maybe a big component. But yeah, yeah. Keep
0: going. yeah there, that's what, yeah. I think that I'm I'm saying that too. Yeah. There's there's something there. But I also this whole independence thing is very. Uh, It's very much so wrapped up in like the American dream, you know, and it's as, was it Carlin Mm. said, they call it the American dream because you have to be sleeping in order to believe it. Um,
1: Interesting. What does he mean
0: by that? Well, because it's a lie that they're, Mm. they're, and, and we Americans are propagandized from a very young age, you know, to... Believe in yourself. You can do anything you set your mind to. And you know, you know the story. And I think there's a couple things even to that. Like, that's true in some ways. And it's very not true in other ways. And there's also the the idea that is it even desirable? Like, what does it mean to be independent? So is is independence like an escape from your your parents or something, you know, like what is, and if, if it is like, what is the, what is the surrounding emotion and Hmm. whatever you want to call that around kind of the escape from that situation, this family or, because there are other countries that are, you know, for example, much more family oriented. Grandmother lives at home probably helps take care of the next generation, the generations coming. So you have your parents who are kind of in their prime and able to work and labor effectively. The younger, the, you know, firstborn children are some often coming into the age of becoming effective at stuff. You know, I remember I'd like help sure, my parents, like move furniture as a child. I couldn't even lift it. Now I can lift like a dresser by myself. Like there is... A level at which you get to that you become more capable?
1: Sure. You've got like collectivist versus individualistic tendencies. And I think you've also got the cultural connotation of independence, which is maybe like this, you know, leaving home, being independent, rebelling, you know, youth kind of idea. But I just mean the ability of one to take care of themselves. So like to survive in the world, becoming actualized. Yes, yep. exactly. Like if you, like because tragedy the could strike, you may not
0: have. Maybe your parents do age out; they die. Are you capable now of still caring for yourself now that you are kind of independent by circumstance? And if you aren't in a particular situation, in a, you may find yourself in a really bad place. That's true.
1: Right, right. Like animals, you know, they leave the nest or they go out on their own and then they have to fend for themselves. That doesn't mean those animals are necessarily going to live alone. They may live in a a tribe or a community or a flock or whatever, but they are themselves capable individuals. And I think if humans, if people, if we do not become capable individuals, uh, I think there's a bunch of negative unintended consequences and my personal experience of this was so I'll tell a little short story and then we'll come back and see what you think about this. So I've recently uh been in a situation where I so the job market was very hot, you know, during the pandemic and whatnot. Lots of jobs and whatnot. And and I'm a capable individual. Like I can do analytical work, I'm a tech worker or whatnot. Uh, and I feel very confident in my capabilities, so I sort of approached my job from this vantage point of, look, I don't have to work here. Like, if I wanted to, I could leave and get another job. Uh, there's lots of jobs out there. I'm a capable individual, and I noticed that that gave me a sort of attitude, a little different than some of my colleagues. And some of my colleagues uh, were a little less cavalier about speaking their mind than I was, per se. Because I would say, you know, to myself, look, if this isn't enjoyable and worthwhile for me to be here, then I'm just going to pick up and leave. I'm not going to waste my time here. And so I was very cavalier and I was very honest about things. Um, And I noticed that other people were not very honest, even though they would have similar frustrations to me and whatnot. They would not speak their mind. Uh, because they, you know, didn't want to rock the boat, didn't want to lose their job, didn't want to cause any stress, you know, cast any doubts, things like that. And so I've noticed recently I've been in a little bit of a sticky situation where I You're fired. Am, yes. <laughs> yeah, just kind of right to the chase. <laughs> I've basically been fired. Um, you were asked, for performance let's be reasons. specific, you
0: were asked to fire yourself.
1: I was asked to leave because of some policy changes regarding remote work. Um, so, which... And some dropped balls by really management. Silly.
0: Yeah, it's a bunch of politics, yeah. but yeah. We just it's don't a bunch want to problems. think you're a lowlife,
1: like, like me. Yeah, <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> I got to distance myself <laughs> psychologically. Um, so... So anyway, so I'm in this sick situation. I've noticed it's changed my mindset a little bit um, about my job, given that it's a little bit more difficult to find a job on the market right now. And so I'm like, you know, maybe less likely to be so cavalier and honest about things, given, oh, like, if I don't get a job from a company, it's going to be hard to take care of myself and pay my bills and whatnot. And it dawned on me that, just how significant that change in autonomy and independence can be on two things. One is like your well-being and feeling of, you know, confidence and efficacy as a person, but also uh, your likelihood to tell the truth and be honest with people. And so I thought, you know, I think people will say today, we need courageous people to speak up and say the truth. And I was thinking, well, maybe one of the reasons why we don't have a lot of people like that is not because people just aren't courageous, but people can't defend for themselves. People can't, you know, they're not autonomous and capable of taking care of themselves. They're dependent on other people, and on systems that we've put in place as a society. And uh, if we created a more independent society where individuals had more independence, that maybe we would have more freedom of thought as well. So that's where all of this is coming from. But what are your thoughts?
0: Well, what do you mean by if we had more independence in that context? So you're talking about like we're all you have to like interact with all this these systems and whatnot. You mean independence from those systems or
1: I guess I mean there should be ways for individuals to provide for themselves um and whatnot. So like, you know, like the farmer, for instance, the farmer can provide for himself. He can farm for his family and for himself and whatnot. And, but he can also sell the product, the excess of his labor at the market, you know? And so that's a benefit to society, but the farmer doesn't have to go to market. They don't have to sell those things to other people. Well,
0: this is getting too, this is probably too far down the line from what we want to talk about in relationship to the anxiety Cetera, but oh, no, in, keep in, going. Let's in, go. In my mind, this is not disconnected from it, okay? <clears throat> and here's why, because I have real-world experience with it now, not just philosophical experience. So, the farmer actually does have to go to market because of one simple, diabolical scam that's being pulled on everybody. Because what we live in truly in this country has been since very, very shortly thereafter the dawn of the beginning of this great country founded on an idea. Which don't get me wrong, I don't hate the country. Embracing myself. But the farmer must sell at the market because his land is not his land he may own that land he may have owned that land for a hundred years but every year somebody comes knocking on his door and says you owe us money for living here and it's called property tax i guess there are actually places that don't have property tax is that true
1: Well, yes, that is true. Some states have more or less property tax. Some states have no property tax. I think Texas is one of the states that doesn't have property tax. See, I thought they had really high high property property tax.
0: tax. I know. Maybe they don't have property tax, but they have a higher something. There's like, yeah, there's different ways of working out how the government's going to steal your money.
1: Right. So I was just going to say they they move the coconuts around, you know, like they get it somewhere else in the retail sales tax or whatever. Right. But I will say that
0: property tax, in my opinion, is quite a big scam because that's one of the worst... It's way more difficult for me to understand theoretically that I can... Because taxing on your property is like, if I am down and out, if I'm in a bad spot, if I have a bad year, if my crops freeze, whatever, whatever thing you do isn't working out, at least you have a a roof over your head, a place to call your own, some independence. And if that can be, if, you know, for for lack of a better term, taxed, I think it's a huge moral problem. It doesn't even make sense. It's like Mm. a socialistic idea that's like such a, it's like a 180, it's like a 180 though on what, you know what I mean? It's like you're literally... Like it's not very
1: capitalistic or something.
0: It's not... Yeah, it's not definitely not independent. I mean, you're like... <laughs> I live yeah, here. Yeah, well, you I know, would if like I, you to if explain I wanna, that. If I want to... I I what if I just wanted to... Wanted maybe I made though. a lot of money and retired. Can I still... You're just going to keep draining me, you know? Just for living. Mm-hmm. What if I'm like, well, I think I've made enough. I'm just going to hold what I can't... You know, I'm, Got enough to pay for food, I recognize the sales tax, I've kind of incorporated all that, I know my expenses. But now I have to incorporate the fact that just living and existing on a piece of property that has been in the family for a hundred years, so the property tax here where we live literally went up over one hundred percent. It went from like Mm -hmm. single like a four digit to like a five digit number. Just out of the blue. And they're like, well, your property... Uh, what are the, their excuse will be if we were to pester them. Your property value went up or whatever. We reassessed it. And not my problem, but you want $10,000 now? Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's a car. It's a car. Mm-hmm. It makes. It's like it's robbery. And if you don't pay it, people come with guns, point them in your face, put you in handcuffs and take you away or they take your property or they take your sh- I mean, it's just, that's a huge there's no rest, you know. There's no respite. There's no escape of that use. I'm trying to think of like good adjectives. Like, there's no escape from that horrific system. So, well, to, so to imagine do- what it would take. Like, just imagine because we're, I don't want to like divulge too much, but like nothing, it's not like we're making an extra, no one, no one's making an extra $10,000 a year all of a sudden on this property. You just have to, pay, so now every year I have to buy another car. Like that's how much money I have to spend. Like, I mean, I've just, that's not in the budget. Like, what are you trying to do? I, we believe they're trying to get us off the property because this land is all being developed. It used to be all cow pastures, now it's all developments. And it's just like whether Mm -hmm. they're trying to do it or not, they're squeezing the shit out of us. I mean, so you get a Kim gets a raise. Her her dad's a hairdresser or a fancy hair person, but doesn't make tons of money. And like that, that would be a lot. How? What can I do to doing what we're doing now to make up for that? Nothing. They're just gonna get that money out of us. Does it is there a need do they have a need? Is there anything that's changed really that makes it to where well we just we need it. The government just needs that extra ten thousand from you. It's like, no, you don't. There's no way that you need a hundred percent more money from us. It's so that, as far as like that, I'll tell you this, that gives me anxiety. You mm-hmm. know, like I sit here thinking, Thinking last year, wow, what a great situation we're in! Old family property. We're not someone that feels like we just gotta. Because there are relatives that used to live here, and they're like, well, we want a new house. We want to go buy this and start our family. They did all that. We don't want that. We're like now we'll be humble. We'll be simple. We'll stay here. We just fix her up. it's not the greatest place, but you know we're doing. We're being conservative, I guess. But now we've had this new situation. I mean that's anxiety producing highly anxiety producing because that's a lot of money and there's no warning there's no sign there's no justification is it going to happen again next year you know if what, whatever the is it inflation is it value i don't know i don't know what it is but it happens and when we talk to the government about it they're Dicks about it. They're like, well, if you want us to come reassess your property, we're just gonna bring up the value of your property to every all your neighbors and you're probably gonna end up paying more. It's like, really? Really? You're gonna raise it even more? Amazing. Wow, more than a hundred percent? What what are you thinking, guys? Are you thinking like two hundred? Would that be fair? Two hundred percent? Three hundred percent? Like, oh okay. It's just craziness. Like it it makes me very uneasy because it's just like a punch in the gut. Like the government just comes Mm -hmm. and knocks on your door and goes, Hey, just wanted to bam, put you right in the face. See ya. (laughs) It's like, Holy shit. And it's like, Can you not do that? Oh, you want to talk about it? Next time it might be worse, buddy. It's like, Oh, well, then I guess I won't take any legal recourse. I guess I won't investigate this because all I'm getting is threats. And that's how these fucking people operate. And people want to say, Well, you live in a society (laughs) where. Give me a fucking break! Like, there's no. It's just you cannot. It's like, you can't convince me. There's no convincing me, otherwise. So, what then? You know that I think there's. So that's like way. That's like fundamental. You know, we're just talking about like things that have been around forever. Oh, well, everybody pays property tax. I just watched this video, just for context, right. of this guy. This it was like supposed to be funny. But it was real life footage, news footage from like, I don't know, it was like the 80s or something or whenever they outlawed drinking and driving. And uh, they were like interviewing people, you know, just man on the street. And they were like, yeah, I mean, pretty soon this is going to be a communist country, you know, man can't work 11, 12 hours a day and get in his car and crack a couple, you know, have a beer or two before he gets home. I mean, next thing you know, you know, it'll be full blown communism. And then they go to another lady she's like, Yeah, we can't drink in our car now. We can't have a beer. Now they're gonna make they're making us wear seat belts and all this. I mean, next thing you know, we're gonna be like communist China. That's what these people are saying. And <laughs> it's so it's funny because you're like, wow, these people are fools. Like, of course it's illegal. In my mind, I'm like based. Those people are based, man. Like, I'm all I'm like, I don't want people drinking and driving, and it's safe to wear your seatbelt. However, it's the it's the philosophical justification is the same. We need to, you're trading freedom for security. It's always that. that. It's always that. Always, always, always. And so you take a look back in the past at these people that were just a few years ago going, this is outrageous you can't drink in your car. What are you talking about? So now, now where are we at? This is outrageous. What? Like what new law, you know, and we'll be up and. this is outrageous that trans people can shake their dicks in front of five year olds. That's outrageous. And 10, how about 10 years from now, people will be going, showing the same kind of video. Can you believe people used to think it was a problem to shake your dick in front of five olds? What? What? These, these troglodytes, God, they don't know what, how good, how good it is. You know, it's like, so i I look at that and I go, no matter what my reaction is to what's happening, I recognize that philosophically it's the same, it's always the same, and it's just a totalitarian tiptoe and I think that the more mm. that system, as we were talking about, squeezes on you and squeezes on you and squeezes on you, what is being taken away ultimately is freedom, your choice to do, and so in a sense, just those even those kinds of like basic things that seem basic have they're making choices for you you don't have any it's just taking responsibility so it's not your responsibility to be safe in the car to not kill people whatever and they act like for, just in this example that that system makes sense but the system doesn't make sense it's just like when people go you can't well it's illegal to yell fire in a crowded theater you can't do that you can't do that it's like sure you can well, then what will the people do if you cause a pain? Well, you get sued. If you cause damage, cause harm, you deal with the consequences. There's a legal system already in place without all of these laws. So now we live in a world where if you want to like cut hair and make money at that, well, you have to get a license. And to get a license, you have to go to beauty school or what. You know what I mean? It's like just thing upon thing upon thing upon thing upon thing that has boxed people in and made all of the decisions for you it's so you choose a path but you're not you're not choosing a path you don't get to blaze the trail you have to get in fucking line and if and if that is uncomfortable for you or something about that isn't up your alley sorry alienated You know, it's, 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 yeah. I guess I, I, part of me can see that as all part of the same thing. And I'm like, of course, people are panicked and have, of course, people struggle with anxiety, the phrase that I hate more than anything.
1: Yeah. You've covered a lot of ground there. I just wanted to, yeah, stop me. Kind of tackle each thing. So, one, yeah, earlier I was saying about property taxes that some states don't have it. That's not true. All, All states, states do. Tax, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's worse than we thought. <laughs> it's actually worse yeah, than I made it out either. to be.
0: You, there's literally and no Texas.
1: Escape. Yeah. Texas has a pretty high Texas, I think. So. But they have no anyway, so, sales tax in Texas or something. There's some, they, they make up yeah, for it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. So, or I think it's no low income tax or no income tax in Texas. Oh yeah. That might be property in. tax. But they yeah. get it from you
0: on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. We'll so, let you in the front door, but you're getting a kick on the ass on the way out. So. Right, right. Which maybe you'd rather have a kick so, in the ass on the way out. That's
1: make your pick your poison. Yeah. But there's no... <laughs> yeah. Which one do you like? <laughs> so I think there's that. Can the I add thing one thing saying... to this?
0: Let me add one thing to this. Okay. In I haven't a world even said hardly I I know. Ahead. Let me just add this one thing. <laughs> in a world where where this where these things, all these kind of like bitches that I have, all these gripes, you know, in a world oh. where 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 we don't have to talk about this, where we don't have to go, man, ev- the whole country from top to bottom is like mentally deranged and disturbed. <laughs> if we didn't, if that wasn't the case, if everything, if it all, if they put all these systems in place and they did, it just worked so well and it just made us so great and everything was just really worked just so nice and everything felt moral and and good, then I'd be like, fine. I, I If Texas... People are moving all over the country right now, all over the country. They're, they're going to Texas. They're going to the South. They're going here. They're going there. They're doing that because they're trying to find something better and something to believe in, something to have pride in, to be around people and a mm-hmm. system that they like. And that. And so I I get it, going to Texas. Like that sounds – like well, if Texas were like, we might separate. I might think about going to Texas. Be like, well, okay, separate. What are you guys going to do? Maybe I like that. Maybe I'll come – well, the tax sales tax is going to be 13%, but we're not going to do this, 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 and this, every, this is how it's all. they go, all right. I, In fact, I'd like to fund that system. Sure. Take, okay, fine. 13% sales tax. Fine. That's fine. That's cool. And you know what? I might even buy a car in Texas instead of being a, a little bitch and leaving and going to Georgia or going somewhere else and buying my car, you know, off the Texas books and coming back, you know, I don't have to pay t- tax, you know. Because that be you know cause people will do that, and that mm-hmm. should be. But I'm, but my point being, maybe you don't make that choice if you think, well, I'm a Texan, and I'd rather give the thirteen percent sales tax to this state so that this state keeps flourishing, and not go to some place that I fled from to get a better deal on this thing or that thing or this little piece or that little piece because. I actually have a sense of pride, a sense of na- whatever nationalism, whatever thing, you know, it could be different. I'm not, it's not. So it's like a combination of both the problem. We're talking about the issues that seem to be causing it and that it's not so cut and dry, you know? So there's that mm-hmm. component too, where I'm like, I'm willing to like be different. It just doesn't seem different. It's just seems like it's all the same.
1: Yeah. Well, a couple of things. So, one, I think there is the kind of slippery slope that you were talking about, the moral tiptoe or whatever. Totalitarian I tiptoe. Think,
0: I think it's a David Icke thing. Oh. Not,
1: it's not original.
0: I didn't think of that.
1: Okay. But, yeah, there's a there's a nature where you see how things sort of progress in a direction. And uh, if you don't have a set of clear maybe principles, you can think about that as moral principles. You could think about that as societal principles like the Bill of Rights is kind of like a set of foundational principles for the country. If you don't have a set of clear principles that you're very stringent about sticking to, I think it's easy to see how you can be led into whatever the problem of the day is. And so all of your policies, you know, sort of tiptoe around different problems as they creep up um, and whatnot. And I think you definitely see that. Now, that problem aside, I think uh, what you were saying just a second ago is kind of like this vicious cycle uh, that is maybe interesting to observe. So you were saying, well, people don't feel a sense of pride or whatever, and maybe they want to avoid paying their taxes or whatever, Uh, but it could be a different way. Like Maybe you feel... Uh more sense of pride and hope in your country, and you identify with the country, and so you're fine that your taxes get you know taken and spent on you know furthering the development of your community and I think that that is true i think community in being general a really people... good
0: key word there like yeah key key to that is like <laughs> you'd feel it, you know like you kinda it doesn't feel like you're hurting me by doing this to me, but in order to not feel that pain, I feel like I'd have to be much closer to whatever it is that's going on there. Not just right. being well, siphoned up point. into the atmosphere, you know, there goes it all. I don't know what's happening. Oh, I guess we're going to go f- buy a million bombs for Ukraine. Or, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Right. I think partly that's the, that's a more prudent argument to me about taxation is that there's just a mismatch of the taxation being taken or the amount of taxation and what it's being spent on, because I don't know what the right level of taxation is or not taxation. I think the what you're trying to do is, you know, balance the benefits and the costs, which is like, what is the community getting the public benefit of all the taxes? And how much is that costing the individual? And so you want to find, you know, the right balance there. And I think today it's just like, wait up, most people don't even know what their taxes get spent on. It seems like the government is spending money on things most of us don't want or value, and we would like the government not to spend our tax money on those things, and they do anyway, and that, I think, is, you know, partly why people have so many problems with this. And then I think, too, if you – it's like a vicious cycle in the sense that if you don't have any autonomy, um, like maybe – and that maybe it's because of taxation, like you – You have less autonomy because you're being taxed so highly and whatnot. You're being, you know, compelled into having to work all the time. Like, you can't just have your property or whatever. You can't just pay for it and own it. You have to keep paying and whatnot. Um, Maybe that makes you less autonomous. And that lack of autonomy, I think, maybe also makes you identify less with the community and the country because you don't feel like a part of it. Like, I don't feel like the government is supporting me. It is me if it keeps oppressing me if it keeps pushing me down taking my money making it difficult for me to survive um well then it i'm not going to identify with that entity and so i think that's a vicious cycle there too where you like have this lack of autonomy which leads to a lack of identification which leads to a further lack of you know support for the government and whatnot
0: yeah so independence interesting approach to answering the anxiety, depression, mental problem, epidemic. I think there is something to that. I think the part of the, that as well, and this might all kind of ultimately fold into you know, each other, all these kind of points, but the if you're like, so I was saying earlier about the kind of like the stories we're told, I think stories are like really important. So if you're told that like, here is the American dream, here is what success looks like, and now we get it through a million different mediums, social media, childhood stories, uh, entertainment. The news,
1: Netflix.
0: Netflix, all this stuff. So they're like and, – and a lot of it is subliminal and subconscious kind of stuff. So it does not they don't have to be telling you what the best life is. They could just show you a, a million stories of people who – have all sorts of different things going on, but what you're seeing is always the Joneses, you know, we're what we, I think this mm-hmm. is embarrassing to admit, but just one of our BS shows that we don't care about, <laughs> but we watch is desperate housewives. Some, I don't even know what era that's from. Oh my
1: God. It's Who horrible. are you? God, you are so not horrible. who you say you are.
0: <laughs> you know, is, I don't watch it. What It's literally, I, it's like Kim wanted to watch it and I'm fine. It's entertaining enough, but like, it'll put me to sleep, you know, it's like not, a good show it's fine mm. there's a That's murder what mystery. You use it for. there's it's a murder a mystery, tranquilizer literally, <laughs> but what I have noticed about it is like you know it's like oh all this drama and turmoil and all these interesting situations these people find themselves in, but they're all on famously wisteria Lane wisteria Lane is i'm like who what are they, who are these people like there's the single girl who's like always trying to get this guy, and I'm like, fine, but you live in like a seven hundred thousand dollar house with no husband, and you don't seem to work. What's going on here? There's other families all, they have like one job. They're also in a million dollars. I mean, it's just like what? So they're not telling that story. They're just showing you a story that has that as a component. And so you just are exposed to this kind of thing over and over and over again. And it becomes normalized. It's like neuro-linguistic programming or something, you know? So you get this message a million different ways. And I'm saying, if you're told, you know, here's, here's what it looks like. You have a nice family. No, again, not against that. Uh, go to school for a million years, go to college, get a good job, live on Wisteria Lane. Da-da-da-da. And you'd, Here's, here's the good life. is doesn't it look great. It looks so nice and serene and peaceful. The yards are beautiful. Everything's taken care of. Well, if you don't have that, then what do you think about yourself? I'm a failure. You know, I've, I don't have these things. I'm not doing well. That's another place where I think that kind of anxiety can come from. It's why there's so much focus on like social media and anxiety. Why? Why would that be? Well, not just because you're being shown constant crazy news and tragedy, but because you're being shown this version of whatever. Now we call them influencers, just people. Oh, here's my life. Here's me doing things, blah, 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 blah. If you're not at the lake, where you at? You know that kind of thing, and it's like mm. that will that creates that same. So I, because I know especially women. Yeah. like you were saying like I know women who like will like burst out have an outburst like I have to get off social media. It's making me crazy. Like it's making me hate my life. And I'm mm. one of these people that I know literally has the life that they're looking at, you know, but they don't know that they have it. Like they have the idyllic life, but doesn't feel like it looks like it feels on social media. There's all the stuff associated mm. with it. It yeah. actually takes work to keep your house looking clean and Instagram worthy. It actually takes work to pay for the house that looks Instagram worthy. It actually, right. you know, all sorts of things that are causing. So there's a, that's a, in my mind, that's a, it's a problem of stories. The story you're being told, the life you're living And how come when I get it, I don't feel it? It doesn't come. It's not coming to me like that. It's not hitting me that way. I'm, I'm still having some like anxiety, general anxiety and general depression and something is going wrong. And what is that? You know?
1: Yeah. So there's,
0: and there, that's an independent person, you know? So there's what, you know, what is it? I don't know. There's something there. It's another.
1: Yeah. I think our role models and you know, icons in society are our teachers, yeah, those are definitely very important. And I think, uh, yeah, it's something maybe to be left to the elders in society. Uh, maybe it's not good for the <laughs> blind to be leading the blind, so to speak, or the children to be leading us. Like, I don't know that having 16-year-old influencers be the role models for a whole generation of youths and young people is a good idea, because I think, and then you see a lot of young people striving to be an influencer, because they think that that's what success is, or whatever. And I don't think that's very good. And it's like, who are our, you know, role models? Who are the people we look up to as a society and a community? And what are the stories we tell about what's important? And also, what are the things we reward as valuable and meaningful? And maybe that's thought about through compensation. Why, you know, are we paying 16 year olds who are dancing strangely half naked on you know, TikTok millions of dollars for doing that. I think maybe an adult should think clearly about that. The advertising agency should say, you know, maybe we should think about this beyond just how much money we're going to make off this 16-year-old. Maybe we should think about, is it good for this 16-year-old and this country and our community to be paying this person $16 million or whatever it is? So I think there's definitely that. I think the other thing, too, uh, like similar to stories that's very young Ian is like, you know, he talked about the importance of teachers and um, and parents being like the fundamental role models in society. And, you know, we've also got a teacher, a teacher, a teacher, t- crisis. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> like. <laughs> we've also got a teacher crisis where lots of teachers are leaving the profession. Um, and I think lots of good teachers I've heard say like, Oh, it's teaching not like it used to be, you know, can't got to teach to the curriculum, can't really teach kids. And you got to deal with all this BS and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's a, uh, you know, so it's like, that's another important way where young people develop a vision of who they can become and what this country is about and and who they ought to strive to be and if that institution is also failing well i think yeah you have a kind of confluence of really uh negative things uh for young people but yeah i wanted to maybe talk about two things you said um The first one was the safety versus freedom freedom trade-off. Yeah, because I think that's a really fundamental issue. And it's hard to know when, like, what's the optimum level of safety versus the optimum level of freedom? Uh, Where's the right balance in that trade-off? Because I think, I guess I sense that the Orwellian nightmare is the ultimate maximization of safety which comes at the expense of any freedom and i think that's kind of how i see our society going it's like you see all these arguments where safety is being invoked all the time like we need safe spaces we need the safety for the community we're doing this to make sure everyone's safe and i think that people don't see the flip side of that coin which is freedom um and yeah, when is too much? Like when is, when are the safety measures too have have they gone too far?
0: Yeah, and they're bleeding into <coughs> social life and social reg- rules and stuff are bleeding into work life and basically everything's being managed for you. So like being like you want a high stress job oftentimes is gonna be a overbearing manager is gonna invoke that or evoke that. Right. And when I think that's part of what's happening, like everything is becoming, you know, laid out for you there. And even to the point where now we're like, maybe everyone should also just get a universal basic income. It's like, what even is that? What do you, what, what do you mean? Like, just give people money. Like that's not the, that's like the same problem. It's the same. It's the solution that it's more of the solution that's causing the problem in the first place. Like, just leave people alone, and they'll, many, many, many people will figure it out,
1: you know? Right, it's, right. People uh, want to figure it out. They don't yeah, want to be hindered in the process of doing it. Yeah, you got to try stuff. I mean, that's how you... That's like
0: a natural growth, a natural evolution of one's life, but it's all... Just boom, boom, you know, manage, 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 manage. Do this first. Do that. Do this. Do that. Do that. Get the job, and then everything bleeds in. You're canceled for for everything. You're doing the wrong thing. Your your companies now. Companies can be canceled. I mean, just everything's just whack, and it's of course it's anxiety producing because you're being you're being told to conform at a breaknecking pace to an unbelievable amount of pseudo regulations pseudo and and trauma after trauma throughout your lifetime you know constant war constant false flags and 9-11s and pandemics and th- i mean it's just of course and it's not it's not being mitigated it's being made worse by these technocrats basically and i mean a the a technocracy literally is like rule by expert which is exactly where everybody is heading, where everything is heading, and a lot of a lot of people—not not everybody, but the vocal minority—is like who has a lot of power, oftentimes. Especially, and they're roping into that influence group, all these victims by giving you status for being a victim. So now you have a voice that should be heard, and they're telling these people to rule. You're basically saying, "Mob, here's the power. Rule the rest." You know and it's freaking people out. And those people yeah. are oftentimes they're not they're not even stable, you know. They're in like they're freaks to be honest. You know. Yeah, well
1: to the technocrat point, it's like it throws a wrench in the safety problem too because it's like who decides what is safe and uh yeah, and if it's just a technocrat, some expert is deciding for everyone what's safest and what's best. Well, that yeah, is another problem with the safety versus freedom trade-off because yeah there's even disagreement around defining what what constitutes safety
0: yeah um, and now we got in... a million ways a million outlets now like it's so you find yourself in this situation with all these symptoms have you tried better help have you tried, tried that uh, try talk therapy That means like <laughs> right you just no no we, no we don't need to talk about it you know like the the problem is not ever it's not, it's not that every human on the face of the planet, almost, has a de- defective mind, necessarily. There's causal relationships that are being completely overlooked. And you know, it's funny. I We watched this like yeah. 2020 thing where this guy, it was like a psychiatrist who made some bad choices romantically with this young Instagram model or something. You may have heard of it. I can't remember. And no. anyways, it was funny because before they got to how problematic he was, they were talking about how great he was. And one of the things that he believed, apparently, is that – this is a quote Al- – Almost all problems can be fixed with one of two things, medication and money. <laughs> And this was like not a huge okay, problematic thing to say, you know, <laughs> okay. but like it is, you know, like that's not the solution to these problems. I wanted to, maybe this will go nowhere and we'll just cut it out and wrap it up. But I have a little quote I was going to possibly invoke at some point. Um, Let's see if I have it though. I'm gonna read this. If it's horrible, we'll just cut it out. But I think you'll have a reaction to it. Okay. An allergic this is from, reaction. This is from the Technological Society by Jacques Alule. And I just had this underlined and I somehow was managed to flip open to this page and I was like, wow, that's kind of what I was looking for. Or at least part of it. It's
1: manifesting me.
0: So he says the great sword used by the Swiss soldier in the 16th century had at least nine different forms hooked, racked, double hand uh double handed hexagonal blade, blade blade-shaped like, fleur-de-lis, grooved, etc. This diversity was evidently due to various modes of fabrication peculiar to the smiths. It cannot be explained as a manifestation of technical inquiry. The modifications of a given type were not the outcome of calculations or of an excessively technical will. They resulted from aesthetic considerations. It is important to emphasize that technical operations, like the instruments themselves, almost always depend on aesthetic preoccupations. It was impossible to conceive of a tool that was not beautiful. As for the idea, uh, frequently accepted since the triumph of efficiency, that the beautiful is that which is well adapted to use, assuredly uh, no such notion guided the aesthetic searching of the past. No such conception of beauty, however true, moved the artisan who carved a Toledo blade or fabricated a harness. On the contrary, aesthetics cons- aesthetic considerations Are gratuitous and permit the introduction of uselessness into an eminently useful and efficient apparatus. Uh, Should I stop there? This diversity of of forms was manifestly conditioned by vainglory and pleasure, or vainglory and pleasure, the vainglory of the user, the pleasure of the artisan, both caused changes in the classic type. And why not include as well that pure uh, fantasy which runs through all creations of Greece and the Middle Ages, etc., etc. He's just pointing out one thing, at least, is that like this, and this is an old book, and he's like, hey, this stuff that was like kind of maybe good is like totally gone and been replaced by, he's basically saying like beauty now is not even beauty. It's like how beautifully efficient is it, you know? How
1: functional is it? How
0: functionality is like replaced all of these. So now you don't need an artisan as much as you need... Uh, manufacturing line to create, yeah. and you know, technical geniuses to figure out exactly the best this thing, and then once we've figured it out, an assembly line to produce them, and every man ought to use the same one because there's only one that's the best, one that's most efficient for any given. Te- you know what I mean? It's like this evolution into what, what, what I mean, what he calls the technological society, which is like detrimental to your psyche and your health and being a human and It's all, it's, it's why Walmart and Target went from whatever they once were to now you go in, it's just gray. Everything's gray. That's the new branding. You know, it's just like, it could be, it's because you could just put that anywhere. You could put it in the middle of Russia, put it in the middle of Arkansas, put it in the middle of New York. It's all the same. Plug and play. This is non-offensive to the psyche of different cultures. Let's, it's a globalization, a sameness over everything. Let's make everything the same. And whether that's by dint of will or not, he says maybe not so much, maybe it is to some extent, that you – he's not saying it. I'm putting a little bit of these words in his mouth, but the obvious outcome is globalism, a managed everything, a a technical society from top to bottom for everything. And then it can be managed, and this technological approach, it gets applied not just to the sword but to politics – to law, to business, to ethics, to culture, to ways of being, to ways of acting, to things you do, and it, eventually it just drains everything out of it, and it's you're just left with the gray cinder blocks
1: or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I think there's... Maybe. I was going to say, I think, uh, you know, one reaction just generally, I think people could listen to that and say, oh, well, you know, maybe it's just like making beautiful swords versus making functional swords. And I I did want to push back against that because there's something important about design. um, That's essentially, I think, what he's sort of saying. is like the aesthetic consideration the design element. Like people in technology know this. Like people will talk about how important product design is. Like it doesn't matter if the product can just meet your needs. Like the design of it is very important on the experience of the product. And so people know that intuitively. But then I think, yeah, design you know good designers can't be led merely by functional utility like what gets the thing done the fastest way possible the most efficient manner what's the perfect social media platform
0: is it instagram no it must be tiktok no it's twitter no it's this what's the one that gets every single person on it and it's like you're missing the point there is none that's not right you can you're going to try they're going to keep going at it and maybe they do get it in china it's WeChat. but I'm sure it's not as cohesive as they'd like us to believe that there's just, there's what they say. Variety is a spice of life.
1: Yeah. Well, it reminds me too of like the conversation we had about AI art too. It's like aesthetic considerations are important and like you can't reduce art down to mere functionalism or mere causal determinalism or determinism. Um, And so there's something about the art that you can't quite grasp and can't quite explain that's really important to its identity. And I think, yeah. Which can be very complex.
0: It might be that my favorite blacksmith made it for me. You know, this is for me. You know, this one is and that one there is fit for a king and this one here is fit for a knight. And what makes it fit for a knight? Well, it depends on, on many, many, many complexities. How useful it is, is is a consideration. But how ornate it is, is a consideration. Life itself is highly complex and varied and interesting. But it's like everything's being compressed.
1: Well, yeah, I think the functionalism, you risk becoming God. You risk thinking that you can know the parameters for which things should be optimized for. And I think the aesthetic considerations. It's like, we don't actually know exactly what it should be optimized for. It's just what it's pleasing to me. It's good. There's something good about it. You know, it's like, I don't know. I couldn't articulate what exactly I optimized about it or what trade-offs I made in making it, but something about it resonated. Something seemed good. And I think when you go to functionalism, it's like you presuppose that, you know, the things that are good about it. And then you just optimize for those things. And right. Then I think which you is end what, up like, like erasing any risk, like that's right, yeah. one form of
0: optimizing, but maybe that's not what's even
1: desired. Well, you do. And I think you end up with things that don't seem good. Like you're like, well, you have to like tell yourself it's good because it's optimized for this thing. But then you look at it and you're like, oh, it doesn't look, it looks a little unnatural. It feels a little wrong. You know, something doesn't seem quite right. And it's like, you should have just followed your aesthetic intuitions, you know, instead of presupposing and being so rigid about like we have to make it you know fit for these criteria and these things have to be optimized and whatnot. Um, And I think that's like the overbearance of the profit motive perhaps is one way to think about that. The last thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, I said earlier there were two things I wanted to comment on. Um, The second thing being this general phenomenon where how there's a correlation between social stability and mental stability. And as social stability increases, I think mental stability decreases, or you could say mental instability increases. And uh, social stability meaning here, like leisure or whatnot, like the, the not having to do work or something. Because I think there's an optimal level of deprivation or whatever that we all live in. There's some optimal level of suffering and hardship. Um, And you can think about that as like the need to grow, the constant human need to grow and work through problems and whatnot. And if you just have a life of leisure, like you were describing these Instagram people who live these lives of leisure and it doesn't, you know, they get there and then maybe they realize it doesn't feel the way they thought it would. And I think it's because partly the life of leisure isn't filled with meaning and responsibility but also you could think about that as like the psychic need for growth and progress and renewal doesn't go away and so even though you may have social stability where you don't need to work or do anything to maintain social order materially uh your psychic need for change doesn't go away and so that process still is happening sort of in the unconscious and in the background. And I think that that can provoke a deep anxiety in people who live, you know, very leisurely lives. And, and you've seen that that's like an archetypal story, like people who are privileged, being called out into either, you know, psychopathy or mental illness or being called out into not lives of privilege. You know, I think that was uh, Abraham in the biblical story, I think he was very, privileged and whatnot and then he was called out to adventure or whatever is the story but i also think um you know you see lots of rich and famous children or whatever who kind of squander their parents wealth or whatever and you look at that and you think what the is this person doing how the privilege how could they squander that and i think it's partly like an unconscious motivation it's like your psychic need for change and development is like unconsciously willing you into like destroying the material subsistence or, you know, wealth that you have, because you need to undergo some sort of development, some sort of maturation process of I can capable, I can provide for myself, I've grown, I'm developing and becoming actualized as a person. So I think there's some general phenomenon there that if you rob people of that, uh, you will rob them of meaning in their life. And I think you can't Like we, like the universal, this is why universal basic income, I think is a really terrible idea. Um, and this idea that like the state needs to continue to provide for people. It's like, no, the state doesn't need to provide. Like if you provide for people, that's not good. It's not good to just give people things like it never goes well. Like people who are just handed a life, you know, prefabricated and made for them. There's no, I mean, it's meaningless. It's like, there's no room for you to do anything with it. You didn't earn it. There's no work for you. Um, And so I think, uh, yeah, you want to, instead of how how can the state, you know, alter all the outcomes from the top down and provide, you know, everyone with the basic essentials and whatever, which sounds like completely like socialism, it's instead let's get out of the way and let's help people reach their own goals and go down their own growth journeys and whatnot um, and pursue their own, you know, passions and interests and, aesthetic desires perhaps and i think that that would be yeah better for everybody and better for the individual most importantly is that people would feel more meaning in their life and more stability have you seen the movie
0: it's from 1936 i think it's charlie chaplin movie called modern times no we should probably watch it i've watched it once i actually watched it for i think it's a political. It was either political philosophy or ancient political philosophy or something? Ding ding ding. <laughs> Mark your bingo cards. We've got to have a bingo out there at this point. Every square says <laughs> philosophy, so I don't know how we can still be waiting for our winner. Um But it there's a scene in there that stuck with me where the guy is in the the guy's in the factory and he he turns the bolt like that's his job.
1: Boop, boop. Oh, is that the, the thing you sent me?
0: Maybe, yeah. I think so I've just, seen what you're talking about, but go ahead and describe yeah, it. Yeah. He just turns the bolt, turns the bolt, another comes on the assembly line. He turns that bolt, comes on the ceiling line, turns the next bolt, and then he co- tries to eat lunch, his lunch break, and he gets up and he, it's stuck inside of him. He can't stop. He's jerking every so he's trying to eat a sandwich and he just keeps trying to turn the bolt. And, it, you know, it's like gotten into his body and his brain and he can't even eat a sandwich. And it's kind of like this commentary like, revolving around the alienation and integration or something of like how this how this stuff gets into you kind of like it
1: like the alienating of uh, the man from the product of his labor or that's something.
0: one yeah and it's it's I think that's part of the conversation of that movie but the this, this little expose here is like how how the society is like I can't remember the word again but it's like it, it gets into your soul basically and mm affects you really you know truly affects you there's more to the story it's worth watching it's interesting i I don't know like how ideological really it it will come off to watch it might these Hmm. times may be too contentious to watch it and not have an unbiased (laughs) opinion of it but it it uh you know it shows this guy in his life and he's like has a girl and i don't even know there's some commentary on that and he's
1: sure 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 yeah Yeah. No, I think you got to find your own way. That's a good takeaway. I was just thinking too, though, it's like the other thing for me is like our role models, our stewards of society, our elders are like asleep at the wheel. And it's really disturbing to me how many older people I hear say things like, I learn new things from my children every day. And I'm like, the children are supposed to be learning from you. What are you doing? Like, you are not... The children are not leading society. Like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. And it really bothers me because I'm like, yeah, you've just completely off-shouldered the responsibility of being a good steward of society and helping guide and, you know, mold and nurture young people into responsible, capable adults if you're saying things like, the children teach me what society should be doing. Like, what are you doing? Why are you making all the money then? What Literally, what are you doing? Right. And what are it they doing? It just makes me frustrated. <laughs> I just, I rant about it. Because children but... are
0: just mostly repeating what they've heard someone else saying. And right. they're being used to control you. And that is a thing.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we should come back to that later. But yeah, suffice to say, I think... Yeah, we could use a little more autonomy and a little more stewardship from the older people in our community, helping develop young, capable, autonomous individuals. And I think that that would lead to greater freedom of thought um, and greater courage for people to speak out. And yeah, I think uh, it would also reduce the anxiety and depression that we see as an epidemic among young people. So that's my thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I had a few other, I'll just like read them out. Probably like be active, do stuff that's active, work out, something. Your muscles I heard recently are really uh endocrine horm uh endocrine organ produces hormones and the way that you get those into your system is by contracting your muscles. It's the only way possible. Uh <laughs> eat right, don't eat a lot of dyes, don't eat processed food, eat good food, cook your food, that's good. I also have. You seem unrelated,
1: um, but just humble.
0: <laughs> well, this is just. The, I'm just anxiety, depression. I'm trying to help folks. Uh, oh, oh! Don't forget the American dream is a lie. You have to uh, have your own dreams. That's also going to um, help your
1: anxiety and depression. It'll
0: help your. Yes. T- let me just steal your entire worldview away. That should help. Um, <laughs> too much leisure, not a good thing. Get a get a hobby. Do something that oh, so. in, that gets you. Because I think there's a lot of like ADD, anxiety, a lot of that stuff. You know, you just that's like it, you just brain stimulation. You like do stuff, do stuff. You know, that's why you're mm-hmm. freaking out. Um, I have something else written down. I can't read it. Uh, <laughs> but that's it. That's uh, my advice.
1: This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Are you looking to become a, thi- a therapist? A therapist? <laughs> do you have no education or formal training? you can come join us today. All you need is an internet connection and the ability to speak English.
0: Or just a phone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's how you're going to, yeah, get over your fears and conquer them. Oh, anyway. I digress. Well, we'll catch you next time. I don't know what happens in the end of this one. Oh, we're not even recording, so...
0: Oh, okay. Well, then on this, It doesn't even matter, I guess. <laughs> you just realized we weren't recording.